Well, friends, welcome back to the podcast. I'm not coming to you today from a studio. We're actually looking out at ridiculously beautiful mountains. Been away for a few days, and we've been asking questions on how do we serve leaders more. And uh, I feel like I have found some brothers. In the meantime, I wanted to bring two of these today um, on the podcast. And uh, I'm excited to introduce you guys to Jake Smith Jr. and Anthony Skinner. These guys do a lot of things, but we specifically want to focus on something you guys talk a lot about with maturity and also holism. There are a few parts of our lives I think we've developed a ton. I want you guys to talk about some of those. There's a lot that we've missed as well. So, Jake, give us an intro to some of what you're doing, why you're doing it, and of course, what are we missing right now in these conversations? I'm going to jump in for 30 seconds. This is Anthony. I'm just going to say thank you, Alan, for bringing us to this beautiful place that we're sitting in. Yes. So this is, we're, I mean, this is a gift that you've given us. We're overlooking uh, this snowy hill and we're looking at snow-capped peaks. And uh, so thank you for this time and space uh, to be able to join you for a couple of days, not just for this podcast. We've talked about so much. We're stumbling out of the gate. That's right. We talked about so much the last few days. Could you take everything we've talked about and our snowshoeing experiences and sitting outside looking at the hills? um, Talk about the Shema. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You guys are obsessed with that. Yeah, consumed. Why? Why? Absolutely consumed. We're consumed because Jesus said it's the most important thing. That's right. Um, he was asked in um, Mark 12 and also Matthew uh, 22, um, what is the greatest commandment? And seemingly without batting an eye, mm-hmm. um, he's like pointing to center field and going, I'm about to hit this over the wall. This is easy. <laughs> he said, the greatest commandment is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God. So it starts right there, mm-hmm. like our ability to hear God personally uh, so that he can guide us and direct us. He said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And then this, love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we draw from that what Anthony and I are calling our spiritual anatomy. Uh, It consists of four parts. We all have a heart, we all have a soul, we all have a mind, and we all have strength. And these are unique, interdependent parts that constitute the design we've been given or created with so that we can show up fully to whatever life puts in front of us. Mm -hmm. Yes, and so Jesus was quoting what is called the Shema, and that's why we use the name uh, the Shema Way app, which is what we've created. Um, And I was going to say the other thing, we so there's two things, kind of primary core things we believe about what Jesus said there. One is... Our spiritual anatomy is made up of these four unique parts. And two, Jesus' order wasn't random, right? He started with heart, and then he moved to soul and mind to strength. And so even in our app, we follow Jesus' words, starting with heart and moving to strength. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that's right. Well, um, we live in a cultural West, obviously, that tends to emphasize two of those parts mm-hmm. over the others. Yes. And I, I don't even have to really tell you what those are. Everyone listening to this podcast probably knows that we really value mind and we really value strength. Now, here's what mind and strength is. Mind is my ability to uh, know, to learn, to understand. It, uh, my theology, my mm-hmm. doctrines, my mm-hmm. confessions, 
uh, are all contained in my mind, but also my ability to strategize, to problem solve, uh, to philosophize, um, to plan, to systematize. Like all of this mm-hmm. exists in this beautiful part of our spiritual anatomy we've been given called the mind. It's very important. Like how significant are our confessions and our doctrine and our theology mm-hmm. that kind of frames up our life and how we live it and how we interact and all those types of things. Uh, but there's a huge emphasis on that. Right. So, like, you know, I've got more book recommendations <laughs> than I could possibly read in my lifetime. Yeah. I've been to the conferences, and they are inspiring and, and, and get my juices flowing and make me want to come back and try to figure out something I can apply. And when we talk about applying that knowledge or mm-hmm. applying yes, that theology right. or asking the question, how then should we live? Now we're slipping into that part of our spiritual anatomy called strength, right. which is my ability to embody my theologies, or to express in a physical and tangible way my uh, doctrines or, or these concepts or these, or these strategies, right? Um, we have a lot of great environments and methods to shape and form and invest in the mind part of us and the strength part of us, and that is so important. Mm-hmm. But if that's all we have, what ends up happening is an outcome is we start living what guys like Parker Palmer and Henry Nouwen and Richard Foster and even Carl Jung in the psych- psychology space right. would call a fragmented life. Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm literally showing up to even my, my calling, my career, even my family, the relationships that matter mm-hmm. most, I'm showing up to them as half a person. Mm-hmm. And the outcome of that can be devastating. And before you even move to the other two, the data was, would suggest that most people live out of one or two of those yeah. their whole life. So some people are only living out of 25% of their makeup. So right. We, we tend to be dominant one of those four parts, right. you know, and then we kind of maybe flow to another one. Right. Um, but the, the, the point of disciple making mm-hmm. or the point of when we talk about spiritual formation or even um, growing to maturity as human beings, it must involve um, valuing deeply and forming right. effectively right. All four parts, but then not just that, integrating them yes. so that we're, we're showing up to these relational tensions, leadership challenges, uh, trauma of life, and the joys of life, too, mm-hmm. the celebrations of life, too, with the fullness yeah. of who God has made me to be. And heart would be where our feelings reside, where we build relationship, where we experience relationship, uh, and soul would be where we experience our dreams and visions where we um, imagine. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so, so the heart uh, represents a person's capacity to engage intimately mm-hmm. in, re- in relationships with the people who matter most. Now, in the Shema, there are three types of re- re- relationships that Jesus talks about. You know, mm-hmm. uh, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Uh, and the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. The three relationships that we talk about when we talk about the heart are our relationship with God, our relationship with others, and maybe the most neglected one of all, our relationship with self. Yes. And it kind of starts there because how am I going to love my neighbor as myself if I don't know how to love myself? How am I going to have an intimate relationship with God if I'm not able to come to him authentically? And bring my, my true self or my, yeah, my true self to him. I must have the ability to know what's going on inside of me. Yes. For example, how scared I am right. to lead through that, right. how hurt I am by what that person said or did, 
how sad I am about the loss of that thing that mattered to me so much, etc. If I don't have the ability to be aware of and conscious and connected to these things, these types of things when they are true inside of me, I cannot show up authentically to God and bring them to Him uh, and have Him enter um, that pain and that joy and all of that with me. And that is, to answer your question, why we must start with heart. Right. And uh, like a practical example of this would be, we're really kind of instructed almost not to fear Mm -hmm. in the church and to not be angry, even though the scripture says to be angry and sin not. We're really, it's communicated to us to not be angry, right? So if I'm experiencing fear and I'm experiencing anger and I need help with that, um, and I'm not even able to admit it to myself that I have it, how can I then bring it to God and have him be with me in it? That's right. And that's important because even if I repress or deny or resist the feelings that are true inside of me, yeah. they don't go away. That's right. You know, they just, they stay with me and they, they almost devolve. Dr. Chip Dodd would say these feelings are either, they're not right or wrong, they're either true or untrue. So we have them. So whether you acknowledge them or whether they come out sideways with a child or a coworker or a friend or a spouse, uh, they're going to find their way out. That's right. So I'm going to, I'll give you a very practical example of this. Um, Someone who's very dear to me and someone who I respect maybe more than most anyone in my life uh, when it comes to their mind and their strength, parts Mm -hmm. of their spiritual anatomy um, the discipline with which they engage the Scripture, study the Bible, pray, has been consistent for decades with this person. A couple of years ago, um, I connected with them, and they told me the traumatic news that they had been diagnosed with a heart condition mm. and that they only had uh, a couple of years left to live. Mm. This is incredibly sad, incredibly scary um, so I was kind of checking in with myself and that hard part of me going, man, what am I feeling hearing this person show up to me um, with this, this terrible news that they're probably going to die. There's going to be separation between me and them. And so I, I just said to this person, how are you doing with that? And uh, again, very strong mind and strength, but maybe not so much, maybe more of a malnourished heart mm-hmm, for this right. person said, uh, great, I'm doing great. Uh, like I want to make the most of the time I have left. Uh, that's a very strength response. Right. right? And I said, what does that look like? And they said, getting up every day and making the most of every opportunity and not being afraid. Mm. And I said to them, are you afraid? And you know what they said to me? The Bible says 182 times, do not be afraid. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, what if it's true for you? And they started to cry. Mm-hmm. And they said, I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. And I said, I hope you will show up to me and talk out loud about how scary it is right. to face this and walk this and face this pending outcome that's outside your control that might result in the separation, between, mm-hmm. at least for a while, between you and people you love. And they said, how long? Mm-hmm. I said, for as long as it's true for you. Mm-hmm. Now that is heart integration and heart work. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So uh, let's back up into that conversation that you had with that person, right? And talk about, because what basically what happened, what I'm imagining happened, what it looks like to me, is from 
the power of an integrated life, that conversation took a good turn. So you must have had feelings when they told you, you know, what they what they were experiencing. Mm-hmm. Did you feel some fear in that moment? And then were you? How did you yeah. work your way to the question for them? Yeah, for sure. So um, you know, when a person has their heart, that you'll learn that that's kind of step one to right. showing up to whatever life puts in front of us, whether it's this conversation or that board meeting um, or this staff, you know, retreat or whatever it is. Um, kind of step one is I got to get me. Yeah. If I don't, if I don't connect with and um, understand what's going on inside of me. I'm going to end up performing in that conversation or that board meeting instead of showing up as my authentic self. We've right? talked a lot about performance the last few days yes. and how even in a group of five of us mm-hmm. who are getting to know each other, we already have trust when we walk into the room. Mm-hmm. Um, we struggle not to perform. We've learned to do that well. Like Anthony, you literally have performed in front of you know thousands and thousands of people right? right as a musician. You've literally taught... Thousands and thousands of people. We know how to do this. Mm-hmm. And um, as we coach, as we, some of you listening are counselors clinically or otherwise, um, leaders of all kinds, hard to know the difference mm-hmm. between yeah, the times right. that we are mm-hmm. authentically engaged and yet we are performing and we've learned to check boxes well. Yeah. We've learned within you know systems and we've learned to do those things really well. And mm-hmm. I like what you said, malnourished, underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. It isn't that we suck at these things. It's mm-hmm. that we've yeah. we've had no awareness that yes. we actually have some of these things. A friend of ours actually with us here this week says the first thing when we do a getaway for leaders is to say, you mm-hmm. have a soul. Like mm-hmm. Let's just start mm-hmm. there yeah. mm-hmm. because we can't nourish it if we don't know it's there, kind of in the awareness piece of that. One of my favorite quotes is we talk a lot about burnout here and burnout is not just pushing too hard with strength. I think that's one of the biggest mm-hmm. uh, misnomers is that, oh man, I just didn't sleep enough. Yeah. And there's a level of exhaustion. Um, a guy named David White uh, says the opposite of burnout is, uh, sorry, <laughs> botched, botched that one. Uh, the opposite of burnout is not fatigue, but is half-heartedness. Not fatigue, half-hearted. I think we fear fatigue. I'm doing too much. I've been working too many hours. Mm -hmm. But literally what you're saying is half-hearted. If two of the four are incredibly robust and we are growing, nourishing them, and we are forgetting, literally living half-hearted, we're heading toward that spin. Talk a little bit more about that that half-heartedness. Where does that lead us as leaders especially and what's the fallout of that if we're leading and when we're leading half-hearted? Yeah, I love that language. I love that language because it's not just, that's not metaphorical. That's quite literal half-heartedness, or maybe it's even less. Maybe it's quarter-heartedness, mm-hmm. one-eighth-heartedness, mm-hmm. you know? The problem with trying to lead or work or show up to my family with only an eighth of my heart or, or a quarter of my heart or something like that is, one of the important things about the heart and the spiritual anatomy is, when I'm able to connect mm-hmm. with what's true in my heart, my That's fear, right. my anger, my hurt, whatever it is, one of the outcomes is it's going to lead me to what my heart, my heart, truly wants and needs. Mm-hmm. I might think I know what I want and need, mm-hmm. okay? But my ability to have my heart and uh, an awareness and a connection and an openness to experience what's going on inside of it will lead me to what my heart truly wants and needs. So it, it'll. It'll lead you to connection with yourself and connection to God and a connection with others, which is the point I was making. You were integrated. You were connected to all four parts. You were connected to your heart and that conversation with your friend. So you were able 
to then reach out with what your heart needed because you had your own experience and it led to connection, right? Where otherwise it might have been, oh yeah, okay, the Bible says not to fear and you, you, you didn't you you even dig deeper. Mind yeah, start totally. throwing theology yeah. at it or Christian cliches right. That's right. Know, or jump over into strength and just talking about, that's right, you get up every day, you power through, you make the most of it, right? You, you both would have missed each other. You both would have walked away more lonely. This person would have been isolated with however many months to live. Yeah, my friend's needs, true wants and needs, uh, would not have been on the table for right. me to be in. So for example, in this framework that we use to make the heart development part and integration part really practical. Chip Dodd, you know, his book is called Voice of the Heart. Uh, this thing's like Alice's rabbit hole when you go down it. But one of the things that's in that rabbit hole is we know that the need of fear is help and refuge. Mm-hmm. Okay. So only when my friend is able to show up and talk about how scared they are, how scary it is to have a life ending diagnosis and prognosis only then can they ask for what they want need or can I provide it, which is like, I need to be a refuge for that. I don't need to become a professor or a theologian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I literally, quite literally, need to become a place of safety and help and refuge where they can talk out loud about their fear mm-hmm. with me and I'm not going to try to fix them. I'm, I'm going to be a person who can create space and hold space for them to honor that fear. And that, that's the Psalms. I mean, that's why it is literally, I am afraid... You are my refuge yes. and ever-present help in the yes. moment, right? The, we are in a fear epidemic mm-hmm. right now. Obviously, right. outwardly, we're seeing fear everywhere and through the media. Um, I just don't know a leader who, if they're honest in the season, they don't say, I have exacerbated fears, massive fears yes. right now. So I think even that, I want to make sure we don't miss that, that in that it isn't don't be afraid. It's you're actually searching for help and refuge inside of this, obviously we could go for hours. I want to make sure that we take this ancient Mm -hmm. Shema and say it has been made into this incredibly beautiful app in a way to be able to approach that each day. This has got to make its way into practices. So talk about the role of practices in sort of the building, maybe the calisthenics of heart, soul, mind, and strength, and what Shema app actually is, because I think it's going to serve a lot of you listeners. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we walk you through the four stages, heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'm just going to talk practically about a couple of things that are on the app itself. We literally have an audio guide that, that effortlessly uh, facilitates the process for you. So in the beginning, we begin with some breathing, and we literally guide you through the steps of heart and soul and mind and strength. Um, and so you can use the app whether you are driving or on a walk or on a workout, or you can engage with the app um, on the phone, on your tablet, on your uh, computer. And there are a series of questions that we ask throughout the app. You want to talk about those? Yeah, uh, it eases into heart and it just has you reflect on uh, what feelings are true inside you today. And then there's a prompt that just says, who or what are those feelings about? Mm -hmm. You know, um, this is me getting me so I can show up authentically to God or bring my authentic true self to the scriptures. And there's space for you to journal that, to select those feelings. Yeah, there's a journaling function or feature. You don't have to use that, but um, you certainly can type right into the phone or the computer who or what those are about. And there's even an opportunity to examine the heart in Mm -hmm. the heart section. Um, You know, ask God, is there any sin I need to confess? Mm -hmm. And so now here we are putting our heart before God. We're, not, we're, saying, we're admitting and confessing, here are the feelings and, that are true, and here's what those are about. And 
you know, search me, O God, and know my heart. Mm-hmm. And try me and know my anxious thoughts. And right. see if there's any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Yeah. So that's the heart section. Yeah. Soul, which is more about, the, the soul part of us is more about, it's where our true identity resides. Right. It's where calling and purpose lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, my ability to uh, be a, a visionary uh, I must be doing the soul work. Um, if I'm not doing soul work, I will give my life over to someone else's vision. Yes. And this is where we connect, begin to connect the four parts. So you bring your heart, the things you've written about in heart, the feelings you've selected, uh, who or what are your feelings about. Now you bring that to soul. That's right. And you ask the, God the question, God, how do you want to meet me and what I'm experiencing? Yeah. And this is back to that, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God. Right. I'm going to ask God questions, and now I'm going to listen or, or in the stillness, open myself to any impressions mm-hmm. or, or um, words that may come through my mind or something like that. It's, it's, um, it's not something I can achieve. I just have to be open to it. Right. Sometimes I don't hear anything. It's right. like, whoa. But like, God, how do you want to meet me in what I'm experiencing? And a lot of times he's either going to say, here's what I want to be for you, or here's how I want to be with you. Or he may say, here's what I'm forming in you Yes, right. through this process. Yeah. And I would encourage in this part of the app, don't filter yourself. Don't mm-hmm. be like, well, that wasn't God. That was me. That was a yeah. voice. Like, Don't worry you, about any of that. That can happen later. Yes. But just like type down whatever impression that you have, and you can like analyze later. Was that yeah. God? Was that something else? You know? You're just being faithful to do it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And then you do move into mind mm-hmm. from soul, and um, there's a daily verse and a daily devotional reading that we write. And um, the opportunity to um, journal or reflect on what are your insights mm-hmm. or questions or thoughts uh, about today's verse. Mm-hmm. And we finish in strength, mm-hmm. um, which is ask God, what step are you asking me to make today? How is this going to serve someone else today? That's right. So it's about neighbor, not right. just us. And then we end the whole process with create a one word prayer, which basically encapsulates all the work that you've done. So it might be rest or hope or believe or move. Yeah. Uh, whatever that word might be. And then you can carry that word with you throughout the day and it will help bring to remembrance all the heart, soul, mind work you've done uh, prior. Well, I just so appreciate you guys. And I think, I mean, many, many, many years, lots of different opportunities, lots of different ministries you guys have led and you come back to this simple statement. Mm-hmm. So that's not lost on me that often we design more complex systems over time. We push into more niches or areas and in one way, you're actually saying, we're going to aim really small here. Yeah. Uh, and through that, um, see a massive change. And so thank you guys for pushing into an area that's incredibly, you said, underdeveloped and malnourished. And so many of us, the truth is we show up to a meeting, we're thinking about the agenda. We don't even know that we're anxious. We haven't even stopped long enough. We talk a lot about elimination. We can't keep doing all the things we were trying to do in 2019 and 2020, mm-hmm. guys. We've got to move back, even the last few days. There's a reason we're not just 90 minutes on a Zoom call, let's compare notes. We've had space. We've had opportunities to you know, get outside and be in the snow and rest and, mm-hmm. and sleep. And we just want to invite you guys into that. We practice what we preach at Stay Forth, and we want to make sure that we have space and margin. Um, this, goes, this would go really well with our Right Side Up journal. It is so unique and so different. Um, and just see you guys as partners uh, in this. And so just really quickly, I got kind of a surprise question. I always like to have some fun at the end, but um, really quickly, where does somebody go? How do you spell Shema way? Like get us right to the place where we can download it and literally begin to use it each day. Yep. It's sitting in your app store. Um, it's Apple and Google. Apple and Google app store. It's less than 
you know, it's less than a quarter a day to get your heart and soul and mind and strength integrated and more deep connection with God. Uh, it's S-H-A-M-A-H, next word, W-A-Y. So just search for Shema, S-H-A-M-A-H, Way, W-A-Y, in your app store. You can download it and get going right there. Mm-hmm. All right, we've had some fun the last few days. We've done some beautiful stuff. Um, what will be a highlight for you? Other than the discussions, we've had some amazing prayer times. We were just in the songs, you know, looking out at the majesty. What are some fun memories you'll have in the last few days? Yeah. Well, those lime and chicken tacos we had last night <laughs> were, were pretty great. Those then, were happening. And then I think I'm a snowshoer. I, I never would have thought that, but we went on a snowshoe adventure, pilgrimage yesterday, and it was so fun. That's what I was going to say. The, that, I mean, I could have done that every day, probably tw- twice a day. I love that. I'm a big fan. Um, I went polis. You went with the poles. Yeah, I went pole. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So the snow fell down. I did. (laughs) Well, let me say, I I I was polis because my pole broke. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Alan, I just want to say, I'm like I've I didn't know you before a couple days ago, and this invitation uh, for Jake and myself to come join you, and I'm leaving a fan of the work that you do and what Mm -hmm. you do, big believer, um, and I look forward uh, to to uh, going forward with you. So. Appreciate you guys so much. The message underneath the message, um, guys, there's zero competition in this space. So if you're listening and you're a ministry leader, you're a business leader, I can tell you always within the flesh, you're going to think, oh, man, we're competitors here. Oh, they're doing such similar stuff. You guys could launch a journal that looked almost exactly like ours, and we would still be collaborators. Mm-hmm. And that is always there lurking, especially with that fear, right? I think that's a fear that hits so many leaders. So I want you to hear the message underneath the message is that we want to bring um, our closest, what some would see as competitors, actually our closest collaborators in this kingdom work. I hope you guys begin to utilize this. Um, Also, uh, Ministry Plumline, we'll have to bring you back on to talk about some of the group space of that, but individually, um, how do we continue to bring people toward maturity, health, holism if we ourselves are not. And we know, of course, we cannot give what we don't have. Probably the zinger statement that I'm going to remember from this time uh, is that you can't give away what you don't have. Mm. That's stealing. Mm. And I'm just mm-hmm. sitting on that. And how many times, yeah. whether it's we take a quote or a thought or something that feels like it actually came from our hearts and souls, the reality is we just grabbed it from a page from somebody else. And so the deep, formative work. Cheering you guys on. Brothers from different mothers. Anthony Skinner, Jake Smith Jr. Thank you guys. Much love. Thanks, Thanks Alan. Alan.